0: With Ben Ellis. This is Switch.
1: 15 million vaccines across the UK have been administered in their first dose, but it's still going to be a while before we see anything like lockdown restrictions being lifted in Britain. Well, Many of us are living on each other's toes. We've just had Valentine's Day. Uh, relationships are supposed to be closer together, but uh, you can feel that you're drifting apart. And one of the reasons for this is that one, or indeed both, of uh, the people involved in the relationship may snore. Now, snoring is a common problem, but uh, you may not know it could be linked to a more serious condition called sleep apnea. I have sleep apnea myself, and we're going to be finding out more about it with a well-renowned GP, Dr. Dawn Harper, on the the show. Um, with a homeschooling and uh, many of us are not sending our children to school because we can't during the lockdown period, the question comes up at what point Do we have the big chat about the birds and the bees? At what point does sex education come into play with homeschooling? We're going to be talking with Sue Atkins from This Morning, who is going to be joining us on the show to talk about that. There's a great festival uh, starting in the UK this week. We'll be hearing more about that with our own James Sandy from Switch Radio. And Fiona Douglas will be chatting with a guy called Elder from a musical outfit called Golden Plates, all the way over in San Diego. It's a brilliant conversation they're going to be having, and we're going to be hearing Elder perform on the podcast this week. It is The Week with me, Ben Ellis, from Switch Radio. The Week with Ben Ellis.
0: This is Switch.
1: Now, Britain is a nation lacking in its 40 winks. According to a new study which has found that less than half of Brits get over seven hours of sleep a night while almost two in five only get five to six hours. The reason behind this sleep shortage appears to be snoring with one in four Brits snoring regularly and 40% having experienced snoring at some point. While snorers are normally the brunt of the joke. And we all accept that snoring is a sleep disruptor. Brits are completely unaware of the fact that it actually points to a more serious health implications, such as sleep apnea. And uh, to talk more about this uh, and the research that's gone into it, we are joined by uh, Dr. Dawn Harper, expert, author and NHS doctor for over 30 years. Dr. Dawn, uh, hello. 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 There. First of all, um, I, I, I don't suppose uh, it would be too wrong of me to say that uh, for the purposes of this uh, discussion, that I am uh, a patient of yours because I am diagnosed with sleep apnea myself.
2: Aha. Uh-huh.
1: Okay. So, uh, in terms of the research, the the wider um, uh, public may not know, uh, but but I, I am fully aware of, of the dangers of, mm. um, of of sleep apnea. But so, for those who don't know, just just put it into some kind of context for us.
2: Yeah, well, you're one of the lucky ones, Ben, in that you have a diagnosis and you know you have the condition. Experts believe that as many as 80% of people with sleep apnea don't actually yet know. They haven't had the diagnosis. Uh, But it is a really serious condition. Uh, You will know that there are a number of health problems linked to sleep apnea. So that chronic sleep deprivation can increase your risks of things like type 2 diabetes, heart disease, high blood pressure, even strokes. So it is something we need to take very seriously and the uh, survey that you referred to was commissioned by the company Sunrise who have developed a home testing sleep kit Uh, and actually it makes for some quite worrying reading so I'm not surprised at the number of people who say that they've, they've had problems with snoring we know that's a very common problem But what I found quite surprising in that survey was that around two thirds of people said they wouldn't actually discuss that with their doctors. Uh, And I appreciate this is even pre-COVID. I do appreciate that during the pandemic, things have slightly changed in terms of what people are talking to us about. But this is pre the pandemic that people didn't take snoring seriously enough. And whilst snoring can be a reflection of all sorts of things, it can be linked to this very serious condition, sleep apnea.
1: Uh, absolutely. I've just um, talked talk through a timeline of um, uh, of uh, the, the process of, of getting a, a diagnosis. My partner said that my uh, snoring was getting out of control and uh, to, to the point where it might have even been uh, affecting our relationship. So I went to my GP, uh, discussed uh, the issues. Uh, the GP referred me to the lo- local, uh, it's not a sleep clinic, but it, it's uh, the respiratory um, service within uh, the, the local hospital, mm-hmm. and then uh, I, I was given a, a a kit to take home for the night, uh, which I, I presume is similar to the the, the kits that that, uh, that Sunrise are talking about. And uh, you, you just you just hook it up, follow the instructions, and then you go to to bed as you normally would, and then you hand the um, the equipment back, and then about a week later you get the results. Now, the the night um, that I took the test home. I didn't think it was a particularly bad night. I, I felt I slept kind of soundly. I spoke to my partner in the morning. Were there any issues with me snoring? She said, uh, if, if there were, she didn't hear them. I think, okay, well maybe it was a good night. And then when the results came through, um, it said that that night alone, which I regarded as a good night, I had 17 apneas, mm. Mm. 17. Uh, and for, the, for those who don't know that, that you've stopped breathing 17 times. Your story, uh, yeah,
2: your story, Ben, is actually quite classic in that yeah. it was your partner that triggered your appointment. She, you know, it was her that said this is this is worrying. And I often hear patients say, or relatives of patients say, that they witness that person stop breathing and then gasp for breath and it can be quite frightening. And as you've just said, you had 17 episodes that you were totally unaware of. And that is the problem is that if you sleep on your own, you may not necessarily even have somebody to nudge you into that, uh, that referral, that, that that appointment with your GP what i would say is that the, the things that we notice with people with sleep apnea is often they'll say that they they never wake feeling recharged they always wake feeling fatigued they've never quite got that battery recharge they perhaps find it difficult to focus or concentrate at work during the day or they might even be falling asleep uh, during a day's work or, or feeling that they need to and that's not right that that suggests that your sleep bank is really struggling yeah. and we and we want to hear from from you and as you said your story uh, uh, so you would have been referred to, uh, often we would refer to a sleep laboratory. So unusual that you took a, a piece of kit home. Usually we would ask somebody to spend a night in the laboratory in a hospital setting. And then we monitor them and give them that report back, as you as you explained, which will tell us, it will give us a very clear picture and a diagnosis of yeah. sleep apnea if that is the case. The Sunrise sensor is a, is a tiny little sensor it's the shape of a bean. And it literally, you place it on your chin. And it links to an app on your phone or your tablet, and it will monitor your jaw movements and your jaw movements are linked to the movements of your airways. And it's been shown actually to be as accurate as spending a night in a sleep laboratory in terms of diagnosing sleep apnea. So the data from the app is all then given to a panel of experts who can then give you a full report and analysis of your sleep again on that one night. Um, so, you but this you're doing it at home with this sensor on your chin, uh, and then potentially make a diagnosis of sleep apnea and advise on the treatments. So, do you have a um, a CPAP machine at home now? I,
1: I do. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, I, I, I do. And uh, then they're, they're not particularly comfortable, and right. uh, they're, they're, they're kind of made to uh, to measure, and you go through a whole process when when collecting. Um, so the, 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 mask is, is kind of, uh, adapted to, to, to fit your face and, but it, but it's still, it, it still does take some getting used to, I mean, I had it for about 18 months now mm-hmm. and, um, lots of things that you, you need to kind of, like I said, get used to, um, I often wake up in, in the mornings with a, with a very dry mouth, very yeah. dry throats. Um, which, which is difficult to um, uh, to, to deal with uh, in the mornings. Uh, some, sometimes as well uh, and probably should be talking about this with my own doctor, but uh, now I've got you on now I've got you <laughs> on the line. Uh, sometimes as well you wake up in the morning and the mask is off and you've, you've taken it off in the night without even realizing mm. you've woke up for a split second and you think there's yeah. something on my face, I need to get rid of it and you, you go back to sleep and you forget about it. Mm. and then there's potentially uh, three four hours worth of data lost. That, yeah. that, that, it, that it could have could have picked up uh for, for those who don't know i mean th- the simplest way that i could explain it and you could probably do it better th- than i could uh, e- each apnea is is effectively the body um performing cpr on uh, yourself uh, automatically um, to um once you you stop breathing in the act of sleep the apnea is is to is to kick start it and some are mild but but some can be very severe and uh, and uh, at its severest time they're the kind that if you can imagine like somebody wakes up from a bad dream sitting up in bed kind of startled mm. um when when you get you 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 kind of your breath back now at its worst that's happened to me and then that can affect you during the day from there because you because it's because you're frightened mm. you're frightened of, of what happened and if um, anybody who's listening to this right now, and that is happening uh, quite a lot. It, you know, it, you might be having bad dreams or, or, or whatever. And it might, it could be a mental health issue, but l- look at the physical um, before. Uh, I would say, uh, look look at the mental aspects of it. You you very well might have stopped breathing during the night, and your body kickstarted you, and and that that was the jolt.
2: Yes. And I think it, people say to me that it is very frightening, um, often more frightening for the person observing that they think that you're going to stop breathing and just not start again. That's uh, And that won't happen because actually that gasp for breath is because when you've stopped breathing and the carbon dioxide builds up, that triggers a reflex in the the brainstem part of your brain which is a subconscious that keeps you breathing That's you know we don't most of us don't think about the fact that our heart carries on pumping whilst we're asleep and our lungs carry on breathing whilst we're asleep because that's all done on a reflex level within the brainstem so people will gasp for breath but it is frightening and the impact of having that disruption repetitively. So you said you know, you'd had so many episodes on what you thought was a good night. Yep. So you you weren't aware of any of those. And that, that complete disruption of the normal sleep pattern is what has those huge health impacts for other conditions going forward.
1: Yeah, it, absolutely indeed. So more than one in five uh, don't even know what sleep apnea is. Hopefully we've addressed that uh, during this uh, interview, um, that it's a common... Uh, side effect of snoring and um the the, the feelings of an- anxiety that that come with it um I'm, I'm i'm trying to ask a question that i already know the answer to that maybe the, the audience you know what i'm saying yeah 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 um the, the best adv- advice you could give um a lot of this and i, and I know that's the the case of uh, in my case is it, down to um uh, BMI, body mass index, mm, and mm. Um, the the sheer amount of mass that you're carrying around uh, is uh, affecting the, the way you sleep at night and the positions that, that you're lying, and it closes your airways. Mm. Uh, we're in a lockdown. Uh, health is uh, a lot of other health conditions are uh, almost put on the back burner because of having to deal with uh, having having to deal with COVID. But you know the the best way to pro- avoid sleep apnea and it's too late for me, but the best way is to uh, maintain as healthy lifestyle as possible.
2: That's true, actually, Ben. So we do know that uh, sleep apnea is more common in men. It's more common in people over 40 usually, but it is definitely more common in people who are overweight and sometimes simply losing weight. She says simply it's not that easy, but actually losing weight will go a long way to improving the condition. Um, But as you know, it's not easy, is it? We We live in a society in Britain today where for most of us, Food is relatively readily available and often the wrong sort of food. Uh, We are living more sedentary lives than ever before. And I think the pandemic has probably added to that. We're not commuting to work, we're staying at home. So a lot of us are less active. People very sort of flippantly sometimes talk about the lockdown pounds, but an awful lot of people have started to gain weight. And the more we gain, the more we increase our risks of something like sleep apnea. And unfortunately, as you will know, uh, that sleep apnea actually is linked to an increased risk of having more severe illness should you contract the virus so there are a number of reasons why we need to take this seriously and why your doctor would want to know the the sunrise sensor uh, is uh, you buy yourself at the moment uh, it's 89 pounds but there is negotiation going on about perhaps doing this as a pilot within the NHS and that really could be a huge game changer in terms of diagnosing uh, sleep apnea more more simply and more quickly and getting people onto the right track for treatment
1: well we certainly appreciate you taking the time to join us on the show it's a very uh, interesting discussion uh, hopefully we've uh, made uh, more of our audience aware of of the dangers of uh, sleep apnea dr dawn harper thank you very much thank you ben Week with Ben Ellis.
0: This is... this is Switch.
1: We'd like to thank you for taking the time to download and listen to our podcast. If you go to where you normally get your podcasts and subscribe, you'll get a nice notification on when every episode lands for your pleasure. Also, you'll be able to listen to the show in full on Switch Radio across Birmingham every Sunday between twelve and two PM. Handing you over now to James
3: Sandy. The week with Ben Ellis.
0: This is is Switch.
3: This is James Sandy for Switch Radio, and I'm really pleased now to be joined on the line by Sonia Sabri, who's going to talk to us about an exciting new festival happening this week. Sonia, welcome.
4: Hello, James.
3: Good to talk to you. And uh, let's start by exploring the kind of focus of this festival. This is the Lock Versa Festival. Now, it's not a new festival but it's being done in quite a different way i think this time round
4: Yes, so this festival actually started seven years ago and we opened at the Royal Festival Hall in London and literally we take over a building. So we did uh, the first year, as I mentioned, at the Royal Festival Hall. So we took over the building and filled it with everything to do with arts, crafts, music, dance derived from the uh, Indian subcontinent. And then since that first year, we've been touring this festival up and down the country and we've been going to different art centres, different theatre houses community centres, literally taking over for a full day or sometimes a weekend. And as I mentioned, we have uh, lots of things related to the arts and crafts and dance and music of the subcontinent, but also lots of performances to see by world-class artists, music performances, dance performances, workshops where people can take part and learn something that they've never engaged in before, and also open mic sessions so people who may want to sing a song or have a, a poem that they've uh, you know secretly have uh, pulled together you know they can share it to to an audience and the first year we had about eight thousand people participating in the festival which was brilliant Um, so each year we've been we've been doing that but of course this year um we're not going anywhere so we are transposing everything to the digital world and in fact it's opened up more possibilities because now we're bringing an international cast of world-class musicians dancers who are going to be delivering their workshops, giving their music performances, dance performances from their own homes. We're all in the same place, we're not doing any performances out in the theatre so we're we're trying to share our art forms from the humbleness of our homes at the fingertips of the audience.
3: And there's a real sense I think about this festival that you know it's about heritage isn't it and it's about traditional uh, arts creativity but perhaps done in, with a fresh spin. Is that is that the take?
4: That's right. So Lorca literally means the heritage of the people because we believe that the arts uh, that we are so enriched with today actually starts from the people themselves. So whether it's a folkloric song or it's a dance or it's creating something from what's around the home, that's where uh, our arts tradition has always sprung from, whether it's from the East, whether it's from the West. So this year, our art artists that we've got on board are very mindful that, of course, we're not going out. We're not going to be shopping around for these art supplies or musical instruments or what have you. So we're going to use what's around in our homes and be super creative and bring a splash of colour and positivity and hope in our very home. So it's designed specifically for everyone to join in, adults, children, and there are no boundaries in terms of cultural contexts. It's really trying to bring all the communities together. As I say, lourke Festival, which we are calling Good Vibrations, it has a kind of subtitle as well. It's lourke Good Vibrations because we want to share good vibes. If we share good vibes out there, good vibes will come back to us. So it's all about bringing, let's say, uniting communities, it's promoting healing, and it's giving that idea of uh, positivity.
3: I think those are really important messages to get across in this time. So it's a seven-day festival of, uh, as you said, performances, workshops, all kinds of creative activities. It's running from the 15th of February to Sunday the 21st of February. The important thing people listening will want to know Sonia is where do we find all this stuff how do we access it
4: so it's super easy you just need to go on to uh, Sonia Sabri company Facebook page and majority of the festival just actually sits on to the Facebook page so all the dance uh, workshops are live and they'll happen Facebook live but also we are stretching to our Instagram as well so Sonia Sabri co Instagram and we also have some uh, arts and crafts workshops on Zoom but again the links to those Zoom sessions are on the Facebook page literally if you even just typed Sonia Salbury company onto the search engine I think a load of stuff will come up uh, about how you can join in but basically everyone's on Facebook I'm assuming or everyone's on Instagram and everyone can therefore join in and despite where you are in the world
3: well congratulations on a really exciting festival lineup in the meantime Sonia thanks so much for coming on
4: thank you for having me the week with Ben Ellis
3: this
1: is is Switch. Now, the dramatic rise in children's screen time during the pandemic has increased parents' uh concerns about uh, how much uh, they're being exposed to research published recently found seven out of 10 children under 16 years old have experienced a uh, adult material and parents say they now feel under pressure to have the talk about sex uh, much sooner than planned 67 percent uh, as many as that uh, it used to be something the parents relied on the school taking the lead but the pandemic means that mums and dads are um, facing mounting pressure to have important conversations with children about sex and relationships and before uh, the current compulsory age that, that is taught in schools, of course, which is at uh, the age of 11. To talk more about this and other things regarding our uh, children's screen time on the internet, uh, we have for you uh, Sue Atkins. You've, on the, you've been on this morning, is that right, Sue?
5: Yes, I'm a parenting expert on there. Yeah, that's my,
1: right. That's right. Yeah. That's right, indeed. So, uh, yeah, it's it's something that as parents, and I'm a parent myself, that the it's it, it's always in, in in the back of our minds uh, of uh, what our children are, are getting up to uh, when they're on the on the internet. But um, without the, the vast majority. Uh, of children being schooled in the in the traditional way, um, that the stuff we used to leave to uh, the schools is now is now falling on our shoulders.
5: Well, I suppose it's always been a balance between home and school because school will talk and teach you about the biology of sex and relationships, but actually, it's quite nice if families can talk and teach their own children around that. So it's all about conversations: how to stay safe on on online. Also, you know, we talk and teach them how to cross the road, eat healthily. So I think it's important that this research from AVG is around sort of global research showing that you know, it's a bit of a worry that globally kids are being exposed to inappropriate adult content. But on the other hand, it's leading to these earlier conversations around the topic of the birds and the bees. So again, you know, there is some good coming from it. Lots of parents are very embarrassed and find it a bit cringy to have those conversations. But actually, you want to be a safe person that your child can come and ask you a question or ask you anything that's bothering them so actually you need to preempt it yourself and get confident around these conversations really
1: so we talk about the compulsory age being uh, 11 in in schools I I say I mean it's it's going back a few years now we we were older than 11 before that came in uh, in in terms of of, 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 it was the big day the sex education day (laughs) uh, as far as our sort of immature brains were concerned but I don't ever ever remember having any such conversation with either of my parents
5: See, that's interesting, isn't it? Because I do remember exactly where I was and what we would, it was a Sunday, we were sitting around having toast and we had this conversation, I asked something and my mum and dad just sort of took it as matter of fact, were confident, relaxed, and I asked questions. And then you know I just got up and went off and said, oh, thanks for that. But it's never the big conversation. It shouldn't feel pressure on you as a parent to have the talk. I think talking to kids about sex and relationship is a lifelong conversation. So you do a little bit at a time and that takes the pressure off you and of course takes the pressure off them. And then you can have these sort of regular conversations and it sends the message, I think, that these topics are important enough that you bring them up it's not taboo you're not embarrassed it's not something shameful and they're going to get proper information from you if you talk and teach them about you know staying safe love and relationships it's important so create that safe space for that conversation because you don't want your kids to learn about this from i don't know eastenders or from a mate at school you want them to actually learn properly and so it's good to have that conversation
1: have to be careful with with how I phrase this question, but uh, in terms of balance, but do you think it's easier for um, a mother and daughter to chat about this than it is for a father and son?
5: Well, that's that's preconceived concepts, isn't it? No, why not? Dads can have conversations with their daughters, you know it's about relaxing around this topic and just because your parents perhaps were a bit embarrassed about it we have moved on from it so make sure that you've thought about it jot down a few things you'd like to say if you want to say certain things to your kids and make conversations generally about all sorts of things accessible to them age appropriate and their maturity of course and then explain it at the level that they can understand and you've got to make sure they've got the facts because kids of all ages whether they're teenagers or you know younger they can get the wrong end of the stick so it's up to us really to make sure they've got the right facts don't jump to conclusions about maybe what they're asking and why and just say something simple like well tell me what you already know about that and then you have the chat and then you say well does that answer your question yeah lovely and they get up and off they go and then they'll come back another time and ask a bit more
1: i mean when we talk about the, the children uh, or, or or older children uh, accessing sort of adult content online um we're not necessarily just talking about uh pornography are we i mean just society has changed in the last mm. sort of 25 to 30 years where um it, it that kind of adult material comes into the music that they listen to or mm. um uh, or the topics discussed in in, in the, the the programs that they watch which which would never would have happened uh a, a generation or, or so ago so uh, the, like you say about jumping to conclusions from a parent's point of view what are they watching online well it might not necessarily be pornographic it, it's just yeah, yeah. The, the the content that that uh, the younger person because of the, the 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 generation we now live in just seems natural to them
5: yeah and that's why i like the avg you know it's free software and there are other things out there too of course but it's free it it talks you know if you go onto their blog it talks about security gateways how to put in passwords just to keep kids protected it stops them you know if they click on the wrong link perhaps by accident um you, you want to talk and teach kids about not being quite so trusting you don't want to frighten them but you have to have that conversation about well what do you do if you you know be a little more skeptical and not so trusting of all the things that you see online and then if you've got something like the technology that's there on the phone or the laptop and all their devices of course you don't just put your head in the sand and relax but then you have the conversations too and then you've covered both bases i think with kids and I. remember myself I was house hunting this is a long time ago now we were looking to move and I was spending all time on one of those you know uh, apps looking for a new place to live and something inappropriate popped up and frightened the life out of me so if I was terrified like that as an adult you can imagine what it can do to a kitty so put in some software you know, update regularly your security settings and passwords, and just make sure that that side is sort of ticked off in your head that you you, you are protecting your kids.
1: Yeah, and, and important as well is is we say don't jump to conclusions uh, at at the beginning of the conversation, but don't also don't make assumptions at the end. Just yes, just just sure. check check that that mm-hmm. you know you have, uh, and if it if it comes across. Uh, as patronizing then then so be it if it means that the the the, the child is is growing up in a safer environment you know don't just assume they've understood what 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 you've been talking about just make, make sure that they do.
5: Yeah, and the other thing is, you know, you're there to be your child's parent. You're not there to be their friend. So if you don't want them watching some stuff on telly, be brave and bold and confident to say, well, I love you so much. I want to protect you. Or you just think that in your head. You know, you don't have to let them watch stuff. And, you know, I, I remember talking on the telly about, you know, Fortnite and this kiddie was eight. and But, it, you know, it wasn't appropriate. And then they see other things later on. They were watching re- 18 films when they were only 10. There's a reason why there are limits on some of this stuff because some of it is a bit scary or inappropriate for their age and their maturity. So, you know, be grown up about that and don't be frightened to say no sometimes to your kids or say no, you know, when you're older, you can do that. But at the moment, we don't want you doing that. You're protecting them, you're keeping them safe. But talk and teach them also how to empower themselves and keep themselves safer too.
1: Yeah. And one one tip I would uh, give before before we we finish here is it's okay to um, track the internet usage and 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 the search and, and put whatever blockers you need on that but there's also yeah. a lot of on-demand um, content from uh, the various tv uh, stations and there's there's netflix and, and, and what have you that's easily accessible for for youngsters as well so if, if you're looking at putting uh, restrictions in place don't just limit it to uh, their laptop or, or, or their tablet then there's, mm-hmm. there's streaming devices as well and there's uh, ways to make sure they don't access content that, that you would deem as a parent inappropriate
5: yeah and just get into a habit of doing that sort of regularly i don't know every six weeks or every month or something just make sure you've updated stuff you've double checked it don't get paranoid about it but it's like you know just make it a new habit and then that becomes a a, a way that your kids you can relax around some of the things your kids are seeing
1: so this research by avg you might know that as uh, one of the uh, many uh, free uh, um and we'll call it antivirus for the sake of this. uh, th- this conversation uh, and uh, it, it does a great job in uh, protecting you and, uh, and and your families they carried out the research uh, that uh, parents are taking additional measures to protect uh, parental uh, controls and to look after the children on every device they use tracking their search history and allowing um, only um, appropriate material at home as well uh, so I thank you very much indeed
5: my pleasure
1: the week with ben ellis
5: this is is switch
1: once again a big thank you to you for taking the time to download and listen to our podcast you can get a notification on each new episode every single week if you subscribe to our podcast where you normally get yours from we're going to be handing you over now to Fiona Douglas who had a chat with a guy called Elder in San Diego, he's the head of a musical outfit, a multimedia outfit in fact called Golden Plates. Now on the show, on the radio, on Switch Radio across Birmingham this past Sunday, we were only able to play about 11 minutes of audio, the chat that Fiona and Elder had was so interesting, so riveting, I thought we'd put the whole thing out for you as bonus content on the show this week. Take it away, Fiona. The Week with Ben Ellis. This This is is Switch.
6: Okay, thank you, Ben. Okay, so guys, it's what? Week six of lockdown and our screen time has gone up, believe it or not, 31%. So we're either watching more TV or we're scrolling through the phones. A lot, lot more. Now, me included. So what have I been doing? I've been scrolling through all my music pages And one day I came across a very interesting character. His name is Elder, Elder Bryce, and he is the founder member of an artist band, whatever, (laughs) called Golden Plates. And he's here with me today. So I'd like to introduce you, introduce to you, Elder Bryce. Hi, Elder, you okay?
7: Oh yeah, doing fantastic. Thank you so much for having me.
6: that's absolutely fine. So, Elder, I didn't want to mention too much about what you do, but you've got if you do a lot of American pies. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about what you do because so far this is the list I've got and I'm sure it's not exhausted. We've got like musician, singer, songwriter, social media mogul, we've got video producer, you do instrumentals, you do covers, you do collabs, you do podcasts. Is that it? I mean, I'm not, but don't mean is that it. But that's a lot. A lot.
7: <laughs> um, just this week, I started a new segment where I I, I started trying to do to do mashup DJ mashups, just uh, just just for, just for fun. Uh, there's a. You know, I'm, I've I've always been in love with like girl talk and Z trip and those kind of cats, right? So I've been taking songs that don't go together and putting them together just just for funs, so like called Mashup Mondays. Uh, so yeah, we'll add that to the list. And I guess I, I don't know, Cult Leader maybe might work too. So. <laughs> okay,
6: yes, I did see Mashup on Monday, and it was with Adele and somebody else. Who was the other person?
7: And Dashboard Confessional.
6: There you yeah. go. Some interesting comments on the back of that one. <laughs> Oh dear. <laughs> oh dear. Okay, and you also you just mentioned there you do your mashups, you've also got news bulletins, you can subscribe to your um websites. You've got loads of stuff loads of stuff going on. But I think the one thing that interested me interested was me. Your, your visuals to begin with. So yeah. you're very creative, as you can see with this uh background here. <laughs> Lots going on there. So um I presume and you tell me if I'm wrong, but music is your first love. But all this other stuff, you know, have, is it self-taught or how did you come to do all of this production?
7: Oh, yeah, it's 100 percent self-taught and it's it's all just me. Um, basically, you know, I've been writing music for, you know, 20 years as Golden Plates for about six now. Um, and uh, it's, you know, it's, now you know the attention is that music has to be attached to something right it needs a video element or uh uh to be in a commercial or something something like that right it's uh, people want people don't just listen to music anymore they watch videos they uh they they consume content right and so in order to make it visually appealing so people stop to listen you've got to do experiment right so in the past year during lockdown you know I've been using most of my free time to teach myself video editing photo editing graphic design all that kind of stuff to just make uh make my work visual appealing because I myself am not so much so
6: uh <laughs> <laughs> oh bless <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> so you want to give them a bit of eye candy there you go yeah. <laughs>
7: Exactly. Exactly. Uh, this, this, this this. the dad bot isn't doing it. So uh... <laughs>
6: <That's true. laughs> listen, there's many a person logs the dad bot. So don't put that down. It's fine. Have <laughs> <laughs> you visited dad bot? Dad I would co- oh, forget it. Dadbot.com.
7: <laughs> no, but I, I imagine it's it's beautiful. I'm it's, it's, it's majestic. I'm sure. I've to it out.
6: <laughs> <laughs> Sign up, why not? Okay, so um, you, is that what you've been doing? Well, what is lockdown or what is the pandemic like for you? Because you you're from um San Diego, is that right?
7: Yes, that's correct. So yes. um. It's interesting because there's a lot of, you know, the, there's not an official lockdown. It's just kind of like the governor said, hey, everybody lockdown, down, but there's no teeth to it. There's no, you know, I, uh, I, you know, my my side hustle, you know, besides all the all the artistic stuff, you know, to help pay the bills, I supplement that with, uh, you know, gig work. Right. And I'm driving through downtown San Diego every day. There's just hundreds of people out there with no masks, no social distancing, just, you know, drunkenly stumbling around, you know, Fifth Avenue, just. No regard for anything. So, (laughs) Uh, well, in reflection,
6: so we've been locked. This is the third lockdown we've had now. Now we know it's serious because they shut the gyms and the pools and the hairdressers. Hence me having to like comb it all back. It's just not good. This is about six weeks overdue now. Not joking. I'm I'm about
7: a year overdue. So.
6: But um i can't yeah but my hair's as thick as it gets longer so it just feels like i've got a badger sitting on my head so yeah you, you can relate i'm sure but it that's um so we've literally been locked in our homes there's nowhere to go there's nothing to do because nowhere's open except for the food shops so you know we're having to um uh adapt is the word i'm looking for so during lockdowns, I've been speaking to quite a few artists on Zoom over the lockdowns and uh, they've had to do a lot of different things on social media. But you've got this licked. You have totally got every base covered. You really have. I mean, you say about the visuals. You've got the, you can reach out, you can contact people. You've got the connection. I mean, you even message me just as someone who signed up and you were like, hey, Fiona, how you do? So you know what I mean? It's, it's really, really good. But what do you do about... St- Like getting your music out there if you can't perform i mean but you say you you can do a few gigs is that what you say
7: no i mean they're kind of like i i'm playing it safe so i wouldn't um you know i if if there were gigs offered to me unless i was convinced they were safe i wouldn't take part in them um but i mean gigging is a big part of how artists make their money now but it's not like it used to be how they promoted right it used to be you builds a fan base by playing your local dive bar and singing your heart out for three people. And then next time it's four people and then it's five people and then it's, people, and then it's ten people. and Then it's right. And that and you loads of players, players, players
6: and all that kind of stuff, isn't exactly.
7: it? Exactly. Nobody pays attention to that anymore. It's it's all online. Um, as, as That's been my experience anyway, is that, you know, the the artists that are just sitting there trying to to win their hometown, like that's part of it, right? uh to, to you know play out and play shows in your hometown and get to know the local scene that kind of thing that's a part of it but it's uh, there's a much larger opportunity for uh for independent artists now that has never existed in history yeah. and um, your podcast
6: kind of prove that community
7: because
6: your podcast reach out to the, like the whole of europe and you know if if it wasn't for social media and the internet basically that would have been quite more a lot more difficult than it
7: yeah that's 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 to say the least and even you know like the platforms the social media platforms where you can reach out and meet people and uh join like community groups of musicians who like discuss you know, networking strategies and that kind of thing. Um, you know, it's it's all in depth, but I've met so many talented artists just through uh just through Instagram. Just, you know, little send a little message like, Hey, uh do I like your music, you know, uh you want to chat about it, that kind of thing. And then and it snowballs into I've got, you know, multiple uh, you know, collaborations that you've heard so far and I've got a few in the works right now too. Mm-hmm. I think I've got three artists right now that I'm working with working on something with uh with that should be released in the near to middle future
6: okay we'll look for them one in particular that i did see on your um instagram was one with jimson and i was like oh is is that a a, you know an american rapper let's look him up and he's actually from bath (laughs) in (laughs) in britain so i was like oh wow so i did have a little look at that because that's your new single isn't it blood that you've got a collab with him on there love it really like it to be fair so, yeah, Thanks. how did that come about? Was that a social media kind of connection then?
7: Yeah, actually, um, I, I met uh, I met Jimson through this group. Uh, I don't know. It's, uh, there's another uh, guy from the UK who's now, I think, in, he's staying in Mexico these days. Uh, but his name's Damien Keyes and he's kind of like this, uh, you know, bass player turned music educator. Who has uh, this group on Facebook that I've joined, and uh, it's, I've met a lot of great musicians through there. And Jimson's uh, Jimson's a big part of that group, so uh, that's where that's where we hooked up. So,
6: and what what was the recording process then? Because obviously you're not anywhere near a studio together. Is it all over? Volume yeah, so uh,
7: I mean, we both have our home studios, right? uh basically i just uh i recorded a song and i'd heard some of his music and i'm like you know what i, I this is mi- the song i'm writing is missing something i don't have a chorus i don't think a chorus would go here i think a rapper might do something well here uh so i just sent him the tracks i'm like hey i left some spaces do your do you thing me? We'll yeah, send cool it back yeah. see how it turned out. and so about two weeks later i get back you know the main vocal track and a bunch of little background parts and stuff like that and i go in and i take it and i mix it all and i'm like this is this is this works this is phenomenal you know so uh yeah it's just a quick back and forth kind of you know via google drive kind of thing right. and uh okay. yeah sending files back and forth online
6: brilliant and it, as you say it works really well and if you want to go and check that track out have a look on all streaming services it's called blood and it's Elder oh do you call it yeah gold golden plates. to beg your pardon and featuring Jensen. so check that out okay so um are we gonna have a little player a track or what you're gonna do? Uh,
7: yeah I can do that sure um
0: so it's called perfect I wanted to be perfect I dreamed it every time I slept That I might feel affection Come from your direction Instead I'm someone you'd forget Every diamond in the rough never thinks that they're enough. So they start to pray, maybe one fine day, they'll be worthy of your love, of your love. it's never enough success with that we tasted is never enough we are so frustrated it's never enough it's never enough it's never enough Could be perfect I dreamed it every time I slept But my last day could come any day and we're all dying anyway so what's the point of regret It's never enough. All those years we wasted. It's never enough. Success we thought we tasted. It's never enough. We're all so frustrated. It's never enough. It's never enough. It's never enough. It's never enough. Yeah, that one's called Perfect.
7: It's uh it's one of the first it's the first song we wrote after the uh lockdown started back in uh April of last year. So uh yeah, that's a that's a crowd favorite, I guess. I mean I can't say crowd favorite because we haven't played it live yet. For, you know. <laughs> need to get the crowd first. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right?
6: yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a great song, actually. There's always a kind of hint of angst in your lyrics, I notice, and um you've got some really very british and um you know united kingdom like artists that are big influences in your life look you've done um did a version of david barry heroes the other day which was pretty cool but i did scroll through your uh, social media page and saw some porter's head which i thought was really cool to be fair, i loved Porter's head. love not loved sorry um yeah. and uh you know people like blur and new order and the cure i've got my cure picture up here look this is the cure here i I really think robert smith i i I
7: say this every time i go on almost anything uh that robert smith is the most underrated guitarist of our time um but he's just he's he's just so brilliant i could go on for hours but
6: (laughs) i I absolutely agree but you know what i think he kind of likes (laughs) it he's on the low down (laughs)
7: oh yeah absolutely like it, yeah. they got inducted uh, to the you know, what was it the rock and roll hall of fame not too oh, long ago so clear, and someone's just yeah. like are, are you as excited as I am and she's like Is, he's like by the sound of it no,
6: no. <laughs> <laughs> that just went around social media it's brilliant it was brilliant because he's just oh, yeah. so dry and so you know very very unexcited as, as she was over the top excited and he was <laughs> just like no <laughs> Brilliant. But yeah, I love Robert Smith. I love The Cure, but it's the lyrics as well. Do you kind of draw influence from those kind of bands or how how come is it? Have you had some influence in your family or what about all these kind of I'm just curious about how these bands come into your life? Because you're like so many thousand miles away. Do you know what I mean? It's like, how do you when did you hear Blur, for example, or Adele and stuff like that? Because we're just really curious.
7: Well, like, like most Americans, I got into Blur because I got into the gorillas. Um,
6: <laughs> nice
7: guy. <laughs> but, uh, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, part of it was, you know, my, my dad, which is a double edged sword. Cause you know, when I was real young, my dad was in a band. He was a musician. He was singer, a pretty cool dude. Um, uh, and then, you know, he started getting into like mortgage fraud and, you know, like,
6: all the good stuff trying
7: trying trying to impress my stepmom's parents and stuff he just became like a real like i don't know real dirtbag over the as i grew up right so like i have all these fond memories of my dad like when i was like a little kid like introducing me to like paul weller and the jam and uh and general public and all these cool you know bands when i was growing up right and then you know just you know memories of like the clash playing in the car like when my parents were fighting and stuff. That's where like a lot of my lyrics come from. Yeah, <laughs> stuff cool. like that. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah that's uh that's it's it's two parts. It's yeah I have this this uh this really beautiful love of uh of British rock and then you know like my dad introduced it to me and just like this really awful estranged relationship with him that's grown over the years. It's kind of like a big uh A big source of uh, inspiration, I guess, for my angsty songs.
6: Yeah, (laughs) gives you loads of material.
7: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. This is
6: it. As a parent, you don't realise the responsibility you have with these little people and how you can influence them in the right way or the wrong way. To be honest, so yeah, it's quite it's quite a big responsibility. But (laughs) I hope I'm doing okay. Am I doing okay, kids? Yeah, I'm. (laughs) as you do okay i haven't heard any
7: door slam yet so i think you're good
6: (laughs) yeah yeah. well i just want to i wanted to tell you that like um the early 90s obviously with grunge nirvana all that kind of stuff but um that was probably i was at the right age there to kind of be just sucked into it all but one of my favorite bands and still is is uh smashing pumpkins
7: oh yeah yeah absolutely Absolutely. Their last album was actually, I mean, a lot of people, you know, they touched Mac on it because it was not quite, it was a big departure, and it almost sounds like a new order record, which I love. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know, but
6: their own um, Siamese Dream, I think, is is my top one of my top three albums. It's up there. Oh
1: yeah.
6: Yeah, I love it. Love it. Along with Disintegration by the Cure. And then number three. Ooh, stone roses
7: go on what's your top three my top three okay oh this always this changes from week to week
6: yeah i know ask me next week could we you know right
7: right, exactly right now um my my favorite album that i've uh, i've just came out two three weeks ago actually is the new black pistol fire album it's absolutely phenomenal if you get a chance to check that out they're this canadian two-piece you know drums and guitar you know like everything the white stripes were in the early 2000s but way bigger sound and i don't i love it um number two is probably going to also be disintegration by the cure that's Not that's that's Not just you know that's one i can never seem to seem to put down um although that fluctuates with wish pretty often um
0: depends
6: <laughs> what movie <marriage> you're in <laughs>
7: <laughs> exactly uh and then number 3 is probably uh i'm probably going to have to go with the white album by the beatles is uh yeah, is probably cool. is probably yeah. number 3 but once again next week come back and you know porter's head dummy will probably replace that or something like that <laughs> you know like it's <laughs>
6: Oh, I loved that Port's Head one today. I was just like, oh, I love that. Gave me a reason. Yeah, I love that. Um, but another <laughs> another band that's probably not, I say not too far from you, it's probably like 3,000 miles or something, but um, they're from LA and it's the Bronx.
7: Yes, I love the Bronx, yeah, actually. And, the- um, and uh, what's his name? Uh, Matt Heller's from Arctic Monkeys <laughs> actually plays drums for them live. Uh, and I got to see them play uh, not too long ago uh, with, uh, I think they opened for Thrice. and. Uh, yeah, is a uh, just abs- Played, phenomenal yeah, drummer. Yeah. So it's it's always exciting when I get to see Matt Helder's play in his smaller bands. <laughs> yeah,
6: that's it. Yeah, is it. Yeah, they do like the um, South American thing. Oh, what you call yeah. it? What you call that kind of style of music? The kind of Mexican. Oh, I forgot what it was.
7: There's a that's a broad range.
6: Yeah, yeah, there is. <laughs> but my, my husband's is he was into a lot of punk and uh, punk rock. And uh, he loves the bro- the Bronx, and he needed someone to go with because he can't go on his own. And I, I, was like, "Oh, go on, then I'll go." And I absolutely loved them, absolutely loved it. So, I've, I think we've been to see him twice now. They've been over here a few times, so that's good.
7: Yeah, those. those I mean, you know, not lately, obviously, but those guys have been touring like like Gangbusters, and it's absolutely wonderful because yeah, they're they're a phenomenal band, and I, I I hope they do. I hope they do well, and I hope they start. You know playing bigger shows because you know more people definitely need to hear them
6: that's it they do indeed okay so um future plans then for golden plates where did golden plates come from anyway what does that what is that a reference
7: so this, is, this is a bit of a, uh, of a of a very localized thing from because we're not originally from uh San Diego we're originally from Utah Salt Lake City and so if you're familiar with Salt Lake City and the theocracy there um right. it's it's pretty much run by the Mormons and so the <laughs> The origin of the whole Mormon story is that Joseph Smith found these magical golden plates in the side of a mountain and no one else could read them but him. And, you know, that's how the entire Mormon religion got started. And so it's kind of an homage slash snarky play on, you know, the oppressive government of the state of Utah.
6: (laughs) Fair enough. Every yeah, day is a school day.
7: <laughs> yeah, wow. right? All right. Um Yeah. So uh, that's, that's, that's what that is. It's kind of uh, not necessarily poking fun at, but kind of a little it's bit. It's a tongue
6: uh, in cheek reference to your uh, nostalgic beginnings. How's that?
7: There we go. That's, 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 that's the words that I couldn't put together. Perfect. There
6: you go. That's okay. <laughs> so what is the future for Gold Plates then? What's coming up soon? What's uh, what you, what's in the, what's in the, What's
7: coming up? What's been made? So uh, we got a new single out coming out uh, early March uh, called, uh, it's called Down. Um, it's a little bit harder than music we've written before, I guess would so be a good way. It's a little bit more hard rock. So I'm, I'm mm-hmm. excited. To, I'm, I'm excited for that one to see, you know, what, what people think of uh, a, a little bit, you know, angrier, you know, a little bit more. Is it more
6: guitars? You can't have too many guitars.
7: No, you can never have to. I actually played that one on a baritone guitar. So it was uh, it's a, it's a little bit, you know, a little, a little bit deeper and darker and I had fun with it. Um, and then following that in April is the, the fifth anniversary of our first album, The Light, which nobody's listened to because, you know, it's before we ever started on social media with anything. So uh, I'm actually in the process of re-recording that album with more instruments. You know, back when back when you know I first started, it was just me and a drum machine and a guitar, right? So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so that was the sound, right? We I recorded that first the first VP and the first album to sound like it would sound live with just a drum machine, a guitar, and and my voice. Mm-hmm. So uh, now I'm going back and redoing the whole thing with more production and you could just say you go
6: you're going for a relaunch, you know, not a re-record, just a relaunch get everyone
7: relaunch, get, yeah, yeah. exactly yeah, no go. but i i'm totally it's totally getting re-recorded like everything vocals, <laughs> and time, every, everything's being redone so it's 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 not a remaster or relaunch it actually is like the best example i think of is a uh, streetlight manifesto redid catch 22's keys Me nights because okay, yeah. he didn't like okay. how it sounded originally um it's, so it's kind of like that
6: I, even the cure did mix though do you know they wanted, wanted to bring, yeah. It. yeah, there you go. So if they can do it, Golden Plates can do it too. <laughs>
7: exactly. That's, 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 that's my thoughts, right? Like, you know, standing on the shoulder of giants and whatnot, if I, I I look at my heroes and I'm like, yeah, if they can do it. I can do it too. Right. So. Exactly.
6: Right. We'll, we'll look forward to that then. And that will be, did you say that one is in March or April?
7: So the new, the new singles in March and then the, the re-release of the, the first LP is in April
6: yeah april that's fantastic so we'll look forward to that so if people want to check you out go on social media what what's your taglines. what's your how do they look you up
7: so you up? so on instagram it's golden underscore plates and then but then i've just got links to everything at goldenplatesmusic.com. Really? so that's the easiest. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the, the easiest way to find me on your favorite whatever it is whether it be streaming service social media page uh if you want to sign up for the email list where you'll get a free copy of our covers album because we can't put it on spotify for copyright reasons uh (laughs) (laughs) then uh you know you get free mp mp3 downloads of all that if you sign up for our newsletter so that's fun and uh yeah just goldenplacemusic.com pretty easy
6: and so when the pandemic is lifted and the airways open again can we expect a little bit of a golden plates tour do you think
7: I, I hope so. Um, I need to find a drummer, <laughs> <laughs> like an actual one, not not just a drum machine. That's that's the uh, that's big on the list. Um, but even if that doesn't happen, and I still to play playing the drum machine, I do plan on once once touring open at least doing it like a small California tour. You know, try to hit up LA, San San Francisco, uh, San Diego. Yeah, uh, true. The better uh, <laughs> yeah, Right. right. Um, Uh, so that that's definitely in the works but you know with the way things are going uh my county so far because nobody's going to start wearing masks or being responsible in my area so really it just comes down to when the vaccine comes through and so far we've vaccinated a hundred thousand of 3.9 million people so Mm.
0: yeah it could be a well,
6: while to be fair we're not much better i think we've done seven mi- we've done seven million so that's pretty good but we've got another 63 to go so that's the whole yeah of it. so yeah. yeah yeah
0: i
7: i don't know about the whole of california or the states i just know locally it's it's not pretty but yeah.
6: well we did learn today that california is the most populated oh, state in the u.s so there you go nice yeah. a school day
7: there you go <laughs> do do, do. <laughs>
6: there you go well it's been a pleasure talking to you this evening and oh, it's
7: been so much fun
6: yeah it has, it has indeed so good luck. and you can also get all your podcasts as well where you interview lots of different artists yourself and I'm sure you get hints and tips off them as well but it's all, all good and it's they're from every worldwide as well aren't they
7: yep they are I've, I, my last my last week's guest was from Sweden the week before was from Brazil by way of Canada so yeah you get the idea. You do,
6: yeah. So I'm going to leave you with one last question that you always ask your, your podcast guests. So what does rock and roll mean to you?
7: What does rock and roll mean to me? Oh, well, well way to go. Um, so rock and roll to me is, it's, it's it's a lifestyle, right? Like, you know, because before the pandemic hit my, you know, day job, I also do uh, audio engineering and lighting for concerts and plays and that sort of thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so rock and roll is everything for me. It's 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 the reason I get up in the morning. Uh, without it I very in in all honestly like a bit a big part of my quote-unquote brand is mental health and awareness and that kind of thing and I was you know suicidally depressed for probably about 20 years of my life um and so like a big thing for me is raising awareness to that and without rock and roll I probably wouldn't be here so uh that's 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 really what it comes down to for me yeah uh, it's
6: it's definitely therapy
7: (laughs) yeah for sure
6: There you go. It's not as expensive. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah.
6: Well, it's been great speaking to you. And uh, I'll hope to see you soon. All right, Alda. Take care. And that's gold plates for you guys. So we're going back over to the studio to Ben. The week
3: with
0: Ben Ellis. This This is Switch.
1: Thank you very much indeed for listening to and downloading our podcast. And if you subscribed as well, an even bigger thank you. You could do that, you know. If you go to uh, wherever you get your podcast from and if you subscribe, you'll get a notification on when each new episode is available for you to listen to. Don't forget we're here on Switch Radio across Birmingham. Many ways you can listen to us between 12 and 2 every Sunday and then we'll put a podcast out as well. If you're a big fan of Bob Dylan, we've got a very special surprise for you on the show next week to all of our guests this week on the show to dr dawn harper fascinating discussion about the very serious uh, condition known as sleep apnea which i do have myself i don't take it as seriously as i should and that uh, maybe i do need to in fact change my ways to sue atkins from this morning talking about how we tell our children about the birds and the bees if we're homeschooling them during lockdown to fiona there who we just heard with golden plates and to james sandy with his wonderful interview as well We'll talk to you next week. The Week with Ben Ellis. This
0: This is. This is Switch.